Learning Objective 7-2 discussed the issues associated with determining an appropriate asset allocation, withdrawal rate, and probability of failure for a retirement portfolio. Although it is comfortable to think that research would give us the answer to the optimal withdrawal rate, optimal withdrawal strategy, and optimal asset allocation, this is not the case. Research to date gives different and, in some cases, conflicting results. This is because different databases, different methodologies, different standards of risk, and or different time periods are used in each study. Thus, there is no correct answer about the optimal portfolio composition, withdrawal rate, or strategy. Nonetheless, let's consider what research has found. The earliest studies used a methodology known as overlapping periods. In one study, William Benjamin found that increasing the allocation of stocks up to 75% of the portfolio had little impact on a 4% sustainable withdrawal rate for a 30-year period. Moreover, he found a steep decline in the safe withdrawal rate on both sides in portfolios of more than 70% stocks or less than 40% stocks. Later, Cooley, Hubbard, and Waltz noted that at a 4% withdrawal rate, portfolio stock allocations of 50% or higher had portfolio failure rates in the range of 2 to 5%. This failure rate increased to approximately 80% for a zero-stock allocation. Nearly all subsequent research confirms these basic findings. Some of the later studies used Monte Carlo simulations. A Monte Carlo simulation is performed by randomly generating a series of returns and then using those returns to evaluate the sustainable withdrawal rate over a specified period of time given the starting value of a retirement portfolio. The results tend to be similar to those that used an overlapping historical periods methodology. There are pros and cons with both methodologies. The historical periods methodology will almost always include the long bear market of the 1970s, the market correction of 1987, and the sustained bull market of the 1990s. But what is the likelihood that this historical sequence will be replicated in the future? Monte Carlo simulations have the benefit of permitting the investor to specify what the mean returns, standard deviations of returns, and correlation coefficients among asset returns in the future will be. These inputs can be based on current interest rates and earnings price ratios. Note that research has shown that there are trade-offs in the statistical inputs that can produce identical conclusions. The idea that including international stocks in the retirement portfolio might increase the sustainable withdrawal rate follows naturally from the conclusion that a well-diversified portfolio has less risk when the asset returns are not perfectly correlated. Although earlier studies supported this idea, more recent studies have found that international stocks might actually lead to more risk of failure rather than less. Some researchers have argued that the analysis of the optimal withdrawal rate should incorporate longevity risk, which is the risk that the investor may not live as long as the intended withdrawal period. The central point of this argument is that the traditional studies have vastly overestimated the risk of portfolio failure during a person's retirement years. One study concluded that the 30-year failure rate of an inflation-adjusted 4.5% withdrawal rate for someone retiring at age 65 was reduced from 13.4% to 4.5% when mortality probabilities were included in the analysis. 
the role and significance of a retiree's other income should also be considered in relation to cash withdrawals from a portfolio. Think of the presence of other income, such as Social Security, pension benefits, and annuities, as an investment in bonds. Thus, $20,000 in annual Social Security income could be regarded as an investment in $400,000 worth of bonds if a 5% discount rate is used. This de facto bond investment should be considered in selecting the asset allocation for an investor's retirement portfolio. If they are not already present, annuities should certainly be considered as part of a person's retirement assets because of their guaranteed lifetime payments. The real issue is when to buy an annuity. There seems to be a general consensus that deferring annuity payouts until some age between 75 and 85 leads to the optimal benefits of partial annuitization. The exact amount to annuitize and the exact age to begin payments depend on the degree of risk aversion and the amount of pre-annuitized wealth. It is not clear that planning to inflation-adjust withdrawals during retirement is necessary. Studies have shown that spending naturally declines as retirees become older. In addition, the major expenses for many retirees tend to be fixed. The high likelihood that one of the spouses will not live the full length of the projected retirement period also suggests there need not be inflation adjustments. Moreover, the adjustment of withdrawals to reflect portfolio performance will tend to substantially increase the safety of withdrawals. Annual rebalancing has been another basic assumption of most of the studies on the sustainable withdrawal rate. This means that a retiree may be selling assets to fund withdrawals during a down period in the equity market. Researchers have begun to explore the impact on portfolio failure rates when using a more dynamic rebalancing strategy in which cash reserves and or fixed income assets are used to fund withdrawals during extended periods of low equity returns. A dynamic rebalancing strategy would therefore maintain higher equity exposure until the market recovers. All studies agree that higher stock allocations cause portfolios' average ending values to grow substantially. Equally important, however, is the increase in the standard deviation of the distribution of terminal portfolio values that accompanies higher stock allocations. Consequently, immunization of the bond portfolio component or partial annuitization in place of a bond component could be considered to reduce the standard deviation. This might seem most appropriate for clients who want to maintain a minimum inflation-adjusted withdrawal rate of at least 4.5 percent, coupled with a high probability of a positive terminal portfolio to leave as a bequest. The general consensus seems to be that the allocation of equities in the retirement portfolio should be in the 40 to 70 percent range.